Today in Elfrey, if you stay out, we're gonna what what you have to mend the net. Yeah, I'll tackle that net now. We'll start working at that now when the lads get up. They're in bed now since um, about half six. Two of them would have been up most of the night, so they're they're gone to bed as well. And a whole lot of us get around the net, and there's probably about a half a day's work on it. And you say half a day? That's seven or eight hours. Seven or eight hours, yeah. So. Is that most people's half a day? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It is with us anyway. Twelve hours is a half a day with us. <laughs> Time means nothing out here. You walk according to what comes up in front of you. No hours, no no routine, it's just that's what makes it that's what puts a bit of a buzz in this job. It's just different. Every every hour is different. Some good hours, some bad ones. Do you sleep sound now all night? Oh yeah, like a log. Dreaming of prawns. <laughs> Dreaming of prawns. That's Dennis Harding, and he's the skipper of the Susanna G, a 22-meter fishing trawler whose home is in the port of Dunmore East, County Waterford. We're heading out to sea on a Monday night at about half eleven. Why? We're looking for prawns. Our destination? The Smalls, a fishing ground about 55 miles southeast of Waterford. That's <laughs> all modern stuff in her, yeah. She's an old boat, but she had been all refurbished. She was built in 1964, but there's a lot of work done on her over the years to bring her up to date. Four men mostly, five sometimes, but four men can work this boat comfortably. It's good enough. So we usually work with four, and one fella shore. We let a fella have a holiday every... They'd get one every three weeks, so that's the way we work. Except for you? No, I don't get any holiday, no. I'm in the martyr. <laughs> I do, yeah. We get a couple of weeks off now in August. So that'll do me fine. And when's the best time for you? Um, the summertime, the longer the day, the better for us because we don't really fish at night very much. So the, the summertime is best. You know, we get a long day at it, so we don't fish at night. We knock out, we finish fishing about 10 o'clock until daylight in the morning. That's the way we work. Did you fish all day? All day, yeah. We make four, three or four shots, all depending on what we get. If we get a good catch in the morning early, we make another two to keep the quality good. You know, we just break it up that way. But if we don't get a whole lot the first shot, we make two more after that. Knock off at 10 o'clock, finish that catch, and go to bed. And when you say shot now, what do you mean by that? Well, when we haul the net, what's in the, what's in the, what's in the net is called a shot. That we have three of them a day. So we take that in and we sort all that out, put it down the hatch, ice it, and we'll finish then until the next shot comes so over. Maybe about two or three hours' work, and we tow the net for six. Three hours off, three hours work, three hours off. That's handy enough. And this place now, this for all the world looks basically like a cockpit of. Well, it, but it is basically the cockpit of the boat. It's the guts, the how would you call it, the running of the boat, all the equipment is here, the fish finders, and uh, all the 
the, the controls for the winch and the controls for the engine are all worked from here. Automatic pilot, radars, they're all here around me. I built around you so you can work it from, from the comfort of the seat, <laughs> which is most important. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Every boat in Dunmorris now has Eastern Europeans in their crew. Dennis's crew consists of three Lithuanians and a Donegal man who's on leave this week. This is Bronis. Hey, Bronis. I'm Lind. Nice to meet you. This is. Dennis. Dennis. Cheris. How are you? Cheris. And Agnes is outside there somewhere. He's a. That's the crew. One, two, three. And one man, he's on holidays. And how did you come across all these heads? They come down the pier and they look for jobs. And then if you give one fella a job, he will ring a friend of his. If you're looking for two, he will ring another friend and eventually get enough. And they're great that way and they never let you down. They're really, really good, good lads. We're very happy with them. And they're living here more for them? They stay on the boat, yeah. So it's not a bad job for them in the sense that they, they're fed, they're looked after. They get their wages. I get mixed up with all these names. Agnes is a brown, this is... There's no paddies or pats or anything. <laughs> but, um, no, they, they, they seem happy enough. They go home about three times a year, and we pay them when they're at home. So they, they go for about three weeks, and we, we give them the wages when they come back. If they come back, we pay them for the three weeks they were off. If they don't come back, they don't get it. See, so, but they're happy with that. And were these lads now been fishing at home? One of them was, the, the other two weren't. You that big guy, he, he, this guy here now, he's, he's had to be all over the world fishing. He, everywhere. He's a proper fisherman, he can mend nets and splice uh, wires and ropes and all that kind of thing, but the other two guys wouldn't be so good. They're learning alright now, but when they came first they didn't. They didn't know anything much about fishing. So a lot falls back in you? Yeah, well, if you, if you have one good guy, one, the other Irish lad that's with us now, he's able to mend and splice, he's fishing all his life as well, he's probably about 30 years of age. So. Between him and me and this other guy that, that can, we can kind of carry two guys that teach them the job, you know? That's the way it works. But that wouldn't have always been the way when you were full Oh, Irish no, crew. no. Jeez, when all the Irish lads were at it, you'd have fellas that could fish the boat for you nearly, you know? Four, four guys that could, you could just go ashore if you wanted, but that's gone. That day is long gone. The Susanna G returned to port earlier in the evening after four days at sea. She landed her catch, stocked up on food from the local centra, loaded a tonne and a half of ice, and headed back out within two hours for another four days at sea. You don't have much time at home, really, do we? No. Finished at half nine, back out at half eleven. But that's the life of a fisherman. And is that it, no, non-stop, like? Yeah, we do that, we do ten days non-stop like that. Just come in and land every four or five days, and we knock off then for about three days and start all over again. That's it. It's a tough old life, but you'd have to like it really to do it. It's not it's just probably not just for everybody. But I like it. I enjoy it. So it's a bit of a challenge. Was it in your blood? It has to be. I'd say, yeah. You'd really have to like it. It's, it's definitely not for the money. <laughs> no, it's not for the money. Not now, anyway. It's getting harder and harder to make a bob. 
make wages out of them. We're putting longer hours in to make the same money as we did years ago. So, now give a full throttle. What does she give you now in full throttle? We do uh, 10 knots. 10 knots, yeah. What's that for the uneducated man? Miles? Uh, 10 or 11 miles an hour. Which doesn't sound a lot, but we're pushing a big boat. Like I mean, she, this this boat is a hundred and five ton, so it's a fair bit to push through the water as well. Like it's not, there's no wheels that it can run freely. It has to push its way through the water. So a fair old torque. Stick around the automatic pilot. Make life easy for Dennis. It's about one a.m. now, and Dennis heads for his bed. He's plotted his outward journey on his navigation tools and puts the Susanna G on autopilot. While Dennis gets his nightly sleep of four hours, two of the crew will man the cockpit, watching out for anything unusual. The autopilot has to be attended to every three minutes or else an alarm will sound all over the boat. Okay, it's bedtime. And we go down the hatch to bed. It's nice down here actually. Got a television and DVD to relax for the lads. There's five bunks and they're bedded into the side of the boat. And you've got a hole to get into them basically. It's about, what is it, about two foot by two foot. So you just lie back into them. And we come. And you have the curtain to pull across. Eddie bye byes. It's pitch dark in here. It's about, I suppose, six and a half foot long. I'm six foot, I fit in comfortably. About two foot tall, two foot wide. And a nice rocking sensation. The only thing is the noise of the engine, alright. But you get used to that. So that's it. See you in the morning. No matter how rough the sea got during the night, there was no way I was going to fall out of this bed. Oh, good morning to you. How are you doing? You good sleep? Fine sleep. Oh, that's a great sleeping bed, Dad. <laughs> that's why we put you in there. <laughs> that's a lovely morning, isn't it? Yes. Beautiful. You brought the good weather with you anyway. Fair play to you. But we didn't we didn't call you because there'll be other mornings and there'll be so we give you the rest for the first morning anyway. Okay. After this then we'll have you walking like a CIE horse. So look out. <laughs> and we shot away at half five. We're on the grounds here at half five and we're quarter past seven now, so we were told it's till half past eleven. We'll have a look at it then we see what we caught. There's three or four boats in the area that I can see, two Frenchmen and one Irish boat. So that's that's it. Is that the radio you're listening to? That's Radio Iron, yeah. Morning Ireland. Morning Ireland, yeah. All comes in a long way. 
leading in for next week. But to summarise, very warm over the next couple of days, a risk of some thundery showers. Good morning. Very warm weather, isn't it? Uh, powerful, yeah. This is the weather we look for. We're delighted with this. No hardship. It's one of the best jobs in the world that you can get weather like this. And then when you get gales of wind, you say, what am I doing here? <laughs> we were built for comfort, us people, I think. How would you get the bad gale? Uh, three or four metre waves would be enough for us. We wouldn't we wouldn't stay out any more than that. Four, six, four, seven would be our... It's not that the boat wouldn't be able for it. We just wouldn't catch fish. So we just go in. We get caught out maybe the odd time, but most times we listen to the forecast and if he's given very bad weather, we would start heading back in. The way fishing works is that the crew, skipper included, only get paid for the fish they bring on board. If they can't catch fish for whatever reason, whether or otherwise, they will not get paid. In this case, the boat is not owned by the skipper, so the boat gets 50% of the catch and the remaining 50% is divided between the five crew members evenly. The catch is sold twice weekly at the fish auction on the pier at Dunmore East on Monday and Thursday nights. The fish that we landed for the last trip, the weights and prices that we got back for it are here in front of me. They, um, the cod made a kilo, 360 a kilo. There'll be um, 40 kilos in each of them boxes. And the whiting, which this time of year wouldn't make good money, but it only, it only made 70 cent a kilo. The smallest prawns that we had were... One, were, they were um, 46 to 50 prawns in a kilo. They made 185. And the best of the prawns, that were 13 to 15 prawns to the kilo, they made 880 a kilo. So the, from the smallest prawn, 180, to the biggest prawns, 880. There's 22 kilos in each of them boxes. That's the price we get back to the boat. That's, that's ridiculously low, that 70 cent this day and age for whiting. It's a, it's a fish that would be eaten a lot in chip shops. So I, I don't know how much a, a fish and chip would be, but I'm sure, I'm sure it's a lot more than 70 euros. Or 70 cent. You wouldn't be getting a kilo of it either? You wouldn't get a kilo, no. no, no. For the Susanna G to keep her head above water, she has to catch about a thousand euros worth of fish every day. On average, each man gets about the minimum hourly wage for a 20 hour day. This can go up or down depending on the day's catch. It's about half ten in the morning and the crew are getting up after their four hours of sleep. Food on the boat is good and conditions are good. They have to be, otherwise the crew will go to another boat. These men are fishing for the money, not for the love of the boat. Breakfasts vary from a full fry-up to the most beautiful fish cakes that you've ever eaten. Dinner can be pork, steak, homemade beef burgers and veg and spuds, of course. The fish cakes we ate provided enough for five men and we left some behind. 
the price Dennis gets on shore for this amount of haddock is one euro. One euro fed five working men. Did you sing, Thomas? Did you sing? Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> the mood around the breakfast table is good. Great weather, calm seas, and the possibility of a great catch. You see, that's the thing. It's like a lottery of sorts. Your haul could bring you plenty of cash or not much at all. You never know until the catch comes on board. And now, with breakfast down the hatch, the first haul begins. Yeah, I can see the winch, that the, the man is at the winch there, and I control the other two winches. So we have our, we have our cables marked. You can see the red mark coming in there. That tells me how much more is to come. I know the distance between each mark. So as we're hauling now, I know how close the net is to the boat. The net is coming up underneath the boat now at the moment. And I know by these marks how close it is. Just keeping the two cables coming up. Keep them level, yeah. Yeah, Keep them level. Susanna G is looking for prawns because that's where the money is. The nets trail about a quarter of a mile behind the trawler and it's 400 feet to the bottom of the seabed. What are the things that can go wrong, though? Um, when the cables get old, when we're hauling like this, well, not so much today now, because it's fine, but if it, the weather was bad, you could burst the cable, and that would be a bit of a mess. Just in this particular part of the job, that would be one of the biggest, biggest things to go wrong. You have a bit of trouble on your hands if that happens. You just have to keep an eye on the trawlers coming up there. Trawlers up now. They're the, they're the, the trawlers keep the net open and in the right shape. So that's it. I'll just go over that. That's it right now. Get the other one. She pulls two separate nets behind her with 1,200 feet of cable. Each net is 90 foot wide and about 6 foot high. The chains on the front of the nets rest down about 8 inches into the muddy seabed. These disturb the prawns from the burrows, forcing them to come to the surface. They are then caught up in the nets along with a variety of other fish. That's our nets up now. How's it looking? Not very good. How do you know? I can see there's not much, there's not much stuff in the, in the, in the net. I just come around another bit, then we take it in and see. All the prawns and the fish end up down at the bottom of the net, which is called the cut end. And that's what we're lifting in at the moment now. The, the fish go right down to the bottom of the net. We don't haul the, the complete net every time. We just haul the cut end. This is the moment we've all been waiting for. The net is drawn to the side of the boat and the first catch of the day comes on board. But that's the size of the mesh I was telling you about. We have a legal size mesh so the smaller prawns can get out. You don't kill them, you know. So you'd be happy with that? Well, it looks okay. It's as much as we expect. 
it's one in. We tie the bottom of the net again now, throw that one out and we lift in the other one. And hopefully there's as much in the other one. There's roughly about five or six boxes of prawns in that, and maybe four boxes of fish. So if there's the same in the other one now, it'll be just, just about okay. And with the second net in, the full haul can be assessed. And it's a good morning's catch. Probably ten of prawns and four or five of fish. Yeah. So it's a good shot for these the conditions. A little bit of coal. <laughs> you never know what you get. Yeah, no. Good selection there, isn't there? Yeah. There the king side prawn now, look. The biggest prawns are yeah. up to a foot long. Size, yeah, good size, yeah. What else are you seeing there now? There's black sole, cod, the green ones are cod. Magrum, which is sold to Spain. We keep them for the Spanish market. They make good money in. Octopus. He changes colour. He can nearly change to any colour. If he's, if he's with prawns like that, he can nearly change to the same for camouflage. That's really it now. Poison cod, a few black sole, haddock. Now you know the difference between the haddock and the white, and they're supposed to have our large thumb mark. There, you see this mark? Yeah. It's supposed to be one of the fishes that he, that he fed all the people with. Whether that's right or wrong, I don't know. That's another one there. You reckon... We can't, we can't lift him by that. But our Lord was supposed to be able to do it. So he was better than us. <laughs> the cod are big boys, aren't they? The cod, yeah. You like in the cod. They're a big, strong fish. It's about two foot long now. Good? Very good. We'll get these nets back out again now and see if we get the same again. That's the name of the game. So that's the daily routine. Nets in, nets out. It's about a half an hour of a turnaround. But just as everything seems to be going smoothly, we run into a serious problem that costs the Susanna G three hours fishing time, upsetting the normal rhythm of the day and reducing the boat's catch by a third on that day. Catch reduced by a third, profits reduced by a third. Not good. A bit of a mess. What's the story now? We're wrapped up in the, in the net. One of the nets got caught in the propeller. So if we can't get it out, we get a tow in. One of the other boats left the tows back home. The next couple of hours are spent trying to figure out a solution. In crisis situations like this, English and Lithuanian don't mix too well. So communication is mainly done by hand signals. In the wheelhouse. Agnes. What are you thinking now, Dennis? I'm thinking we should have said our prayers last night. <laughs> you were asking what's the worst thing can happen. This is it. <laughs> we're drifting now. Yeah. We're helpless. Not so good, lads. No. Two nets are tangled now, Dennis. Yeah. You see, we have a rope like that. And it was floating, it's so fine now that it stayed too close to the boat. When I went ahead on her then, 
she sucked it in with the propeller and pulled the wing end of the net. There's a chain on the wing end of the net like that, and I pulled it into the propeller. But we have all that clear now, it's just the two nets got fouled up. Once we can clear that, then we're flying. Three hours later, and the problem was solved, due in no small part to Dennis's 43 years spent at sea. So problem solved, but three hours down and four miles off course. So now it's back to business and the first catch of the day needs to be sorted, washed, gutted and boxed for storage in the coal room. There it'll be kept at minus two so that you can enjoy fresh fish on your table. It's kind of surreal because while Spronus, Agnes and Melius sort the fish on the front of the boat, they work to the rhythm of Lithuanian disco music. Who would have thought a Lithuanian disco floating on the Celtic Sea sorting fish? When the fish are dropped from the net onto the boat, they're kept in a holding pen. From there, they're pushed onto a conveyor belt and then land in a rotating sorting table where the lads sort, gut and box the fish. Any leftovers go back to the sea where there's about 500 hungry mouths in the form of gulls and gannets waiting to be fed. Yeah, it's a non-going job. It's a good job cows don't fly, isn't it? <laughs> the next two to three hours is spent with the catch, and when that's done, the deck needs to be cleaned, dinner made, eaten and a quick cup of tea before the second haul is brought up around 10pm. But not everything goes to plan here either. Um, one, of the, one of the nets got fouled there hauling, one of the, the bag ropes got fouled, so we hauled one net in the front end of the boat and we just hauled the other one in over the stern. It's the quickest way out of it. So. And what's the catch like? It's not so good. No, there's uh, maybe four or five boxes of prawns and two or three boxes, two or three boxes of fish. So that's not so good. There's a long tow as well, like it's seven hours. Half two or three or four or five or six or seven or eight, half nine, yeah. Seven and a half hours. So we try one tomorrow and if it's no better than that, we go home. And that's down to the tides? The tides are too strong, yeah. We leave it then until Sunday night to come back out. The tides will be after easing off. They see how the rest of the boats get on. They'll be on the radio soon, and we'll see if if they get the same as that. It's it's an all over thing, you know. So we 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 try one tomorrow, one shot tomorrow, and if that's if it's no better than that, we'll go home. That would cost us money now fishing like that. We wouldn't make any money on that. Why the white fish won't return enough? Well, the whiting wouldn't know. 
you saw in the dockers there, 70 cent a kilo. You'd want a lot of them, wouldn't you? You know, it's no use. Quarter to eleven now. You're up since half five this morning. It's a bit disappointing, I suppose, at the end of a long day. It is, yeah. Well, you get them days, and then you get good days. So you just have to put up with it. Tomorrow will be better, hopefully. <laughs> As night falls, Bronus, Agnes and Melus set about putting the catch into the fish hole. They'll finish that up about midnight, do another few odd jobs and then take over watch from Dennis at about 1am. Tomorrow will be better is always the thought in everybody's mind. Deep-sea trawling is always susceptible to the weather and tides. In May, the Susanna G was only able to fish for 11 days in the month. June was kinder to her and gave her 22 days fishing. But even with fair weather, tides cause obstacles for the trawler. A full tide of 4 metres creates a lot of movement on the seabed and prawns don't like to be pushed around. Burrowing down to the comfort of 18 inches, they're unreachable by Dennis's chains and nets, and so live to be followed another day. A high tide can make for a small catch. Sunrise brings a new day. Would boats ever come too close? At times they would, all right, yeah. You'd have to call each other on the radio. Even shipping there, you'd, you'd hear them calling each other and asking, uh, will they alter a little bit? And mo most times we'd all agree with each other, you know, but just, just the odd time ships or boats will come close, but you have to be prepared for that. And, and uh, if you think the other guy is not going to, to alter, you should alter. Even though you're right or wrong, you, 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 don't, um, you don't wait till the boats get too close that there might be a collision. You have to take action before that. I suppose the, the nets could foul as well if you came across other nets. Yeah, if the boats get too close, <clears throat> we, we would need ne nearly a quarter of a mile apart. If there's a boat going across the stern of our boat here now, we would like to see him, well, very nearly a quarter of a mile, so we would clear our nets and his nets. At time then, we just get a little bit too close, and we usually have a little bit more horsepower left, so we would just push the boat on a little bit and get out of each other's way. But most times we would call each other up and just say, will you give or take a little bit? And most times we would, we'd all agree. A few hours later, we come across another trawler and it looks as if we'll cross paths. However, they have their stern side to us, so they have the right of way. Are you on here, Patrick? You OK, the bullet, what were you on the water? Are you going to keep going to the west or are you going to come in more than order? Uh, Hello Patrick, how should we get out of your way anyway for the first? We're going to go as far as the 6.30 and a half maybe and turn north then. We can, uh, we can pull up for your stern if you want to keep going the way you're going over. 
Now, it's the first haul of the new day. Dennis is unsure whether he'll stay out the three days as planned. It all depends on the catch. It looks kind of okay, I don't know what we see now. See the guns get the spin. Get the spin around. Top of the net. Yeah. There are the two nets there now. Yeah. That's where you have to be careful with two nets that the ropes won't get twisted. Or you bring one net up into the other one and you'll have a bit of a, a mess. sitting on top of it. Thumbs up on him anyway. <laughs> and a smile. And so we continue to fish on. Same process all over again. Nets in, nets empty, nets out. Nets are going straight back out now. Nets are back out now, they're on the bottom. We're back fishing again now. That took us uh, half an hour. That's a shout from the stern to say everything is okay, I can go ahead on the boat now. My nets are on the bottom when we're fishing. So that's the way, that's the usual, like about a half an hour to haul in a shoot. Except for the like yesterday there, you get these things, but everything going right a half an hour. And you're happy enough for this morning's haul? Yeah, just, just just okay again. Like it's something like yesterday morning, maybe 12 or 14 boxes between prawns and fish. So we got that three times a day, it would pay us. So, how long will you uh, troll for now this morning or this afternoon? We'll this one now until maybe um, 6 o'clock, and we'll make up our mind then whether we'll stay. We might stay till tomorrow. If we keep getting that, we'll stay till tomorrow. It might not suit you, but it might suit us. <laughs> All the ones to me, right? <laughs> yeah, so that's... We just keep playing it by year. We keep getting enough. We were planning to stay for tomorrow anyway, so... That was plan A, but sometimes we go into... Probably into a Z, but... We still look at plan A, which is Thursday night for the auction in Dunmore East. Providing we get enough to keep us here. Lithuanian disco started up again. That's it, you hear it, yeah. Tum, 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 tum. Switch off the winch. Same record over and over. I'm going to get one of Daniel O'Donnell's tapes. When the Susanna G is trawling, she travels at three knots. That's roughly three or four miles an hour. In the meantime, Dennis decided to extend his trawl time in the hope of a bigger catch, even though the high tides were against him. But seven hours later... 21 miles trawled, and our fourth catch isn't looking good. There's a lot of mud in the nets this time. But we don't like we don't like to see that because we have to wash the prawns thoroughly. Like if you see mud on them, you know. But it's, it's getting washed out now as we're coming around on the net. You see it going away from her. Look. You all right. Or 
a five of prawns, he said. And probably five or six of fish. Something the same as the first time. You know, we'd haul our nets. It's alright, but it's not really enough. No, that's not. If you, if, we, if you could get it three times, it probably would just about do, but. I'll just go down here, he wants me now. Dennis's long trawl hasn't paid off. And so we make for home, with the sun setting and with five hours steaming ahead of us before we arrive back to the Waterford coastline. All going well, we'll arrive back to port in Dunmore East at about 2am on a Thursday morning. Yeah, well, we're finished now because we just didn't uh, get enough fish to make a pay. We were to stay till tomorrow night and go in and land for the auction in Dunmore East, but just what we're catching at the moment just wouldn't pay us, so we finish up a bit earlier and do a bit of work tomorrow and then have until Sunday night off. Come back out Sunday night. Yeah, we ended up with 56 boxes for the two days and I think there was seven of fish and four of prawns in at the last shot. So 56 boxes, it would just be just about okay. If we got four or five days in, we probably would. It would pay us that all right, so. We've done 10 days now, so we're calling the halt. Home and see our loved ones. <laughs> is this the part you always look forward to? Ah, it is, yeah. You look forward to getting home anyway. We've been at home now for two hours since last Sunday week, so we're looking forward to seeing them. It's a long time. Too, we'd say that they'll all have a shower and that tonight now on the way in we all fresh as a daisy for the morning and tomorrow you'll work we do a bit of work on the gear yeah do a bit of maintenance on the nets hopefully we'll be finished around three or four o'clock tomorrow evening that's it then till sunday night we go back out on sunday night midnight for another 10 days it's not your average job? It's not, no, I suppose, no. It's not your average job, right? It's a tough old life, but as the fella said, we made our bed, we may lie in it. <laughs> it's too late for me to do much. Much else now, only while I'm not all my life. How many years are you fishing? I'm fishing since 1963. I suppose in many ways it's a job that affects every aspect of your life. It does, yeah, yeah. It's hard on the family because you're not there, you know. Joan is the mother and father in the house, really, because I'm not there. You know, so the kids growing up, you're missing off a lot of the times as well, like you see them growing up. You don't have them that long till they're, they're gone. So you definitely miss that side of it. Would you would you like to change that at any point? I don't think so, no. Looking back at my life as a fisherman, I think it was... I enjoyed every bit of it tell you the truth and I still enjoy it so 
as you see the hours that we put in and some of the hardship that we get, you'd have to like it to stay at it, so I don't think I'd, I'd change much. If you had to stop fishing now in the morning, what would you miss about it? Um, I'd miss the relaxation of it in, in one way. You know, your own boss out here too. Um, I love I love the job. I still do. Now. I've had it for a long time, but I still I still love the job. It's getting a bit harder, all right, at the moment, but still still is a bit of a buzz in it for me. What would I miss most? Um, maybe the freedom. Just being out here. You're free as a bird, aren't you? Thank mm -hmm. you.